This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. When you hear the name Amelia Earhart, you may know she was a female pilot who in 1937 attempted to fly around the world only to disappear over the Pacific Ocean, never to be seen again. In 2014, a young woman crafted a plan to recreate Amelia's flight to symbolically complete that journey. Not only is this Amelia named after the famous American hero, she grew up believing her entire childhood that she was in fact related to the pilot, until she learned she wasn't. Amelia Rose Earhart is my guest today on Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. Amelia, welcome to the show. Blue skies, Liz. I'm thrilled to join you today. (laughs) Well, first of all, I need to tell our listeners that you did, in fact, complete your trip around the world in 18 days and 28,000 nautical miles. Congratulations. That is quite something. Thank you. That flight around an entire planet, when I say it like that, really lets it sink in, right, to make it all the way around. And I just hit the eight-year anniversary, and boy, we're coming up on 10, and I've got all sorts of special things planned. Yes, you do. Well, how you made that trip happen is a major feat in and of itself, and we're going to get to all of that today because it certainly was not without its turbulent times. I want to begin by asking, with the last name Earhart, why did your parents name you Amelia? We all have an Amelia Earhart story growing up, whether it was a book report another kid did in class or a teacher that really went into her story. You know, we all know Amelia, but I know her pretty intimately because I share a name. And when my mom and dad met back in 1982, they found (laughs) out they were having a little girl. My mom said to my dad, who shared the same last name, spelled the same, and with a supposed common ancestry with the original Amelia Earhart, my mom said, let's name her Amelia. Let's go for it, Glenn. And my dad pushed back a bit. My mom kept pushing and they finally agreed because they believed it would be an inspiration. Good influence on me. While it's had its ups and its downs, trust me, being a kid named, you know, having a name Mm -hmm. Amelia Earhart is not the most fun. But now as an adult, I have found my own identity in being Amelia Rose Earhart, taking the incredible inspiration from the first Amelia, but now figuring out who I am as well. Oh, wow. You were an only child and you had ideas about becoming an English teacher or even an attorney, but you also admit that you felt this pressure almost to live up in some way, shape or form to this legacy of Amelia Mary Earhart in some way. What did that do for you? Well, I think it was positive and negative because the positive was I had adults walking up to me as a little kid. Every interaction I would have, they would say, Amelia, if your name's Amelia Earhart, you better be a pilot someday. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I kept thinking, oh, well, I'm not even really drawn to this. Nobody else in my family was a pilot. It was a very just good hearted gesture and a tie to history. And my mom also said, hey, no one will ever forget her name. But with all that pressure, I did pursue aviation probably in a way that was singularly focused, right? I thought if I go all in on this, I can sort of check some boxes and shut everyone else up. But here's the thing. (laughs) I ended up falling in love with flying along the way. So that pressure from folks who would say things to me, it did lead to me getting not only my private, but my commercial license and instrument rating and flying the Pilatus PC-12 around the world. And so now I can't be so upset about it. No. 
Okay, when did you actually start taking the flying lessons? And you said you eventually fell in love with it. So what kept you going back to the cockpit? When did you first start and when did you decide you were going to go back to the cockpit or stay there? Well, the pressure really mounted in college, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was becoming my own person. I had moved to Boulder, Colorado, was paying my way through school and having a great life. But everybody knew and exciting that I would meet as we would share our stories they would say, well, gosh, why don't you learn to fly? Like, why don't you become a pilot? And so I thought, okay, it's time. I've got to do this. So I was working three or four jobs at the time, you know, part-time here and there. I saved up enough money for that first lesson. And it was in, in Boulder, just out of their little municipal airport, in a tiny little Cessna. This grouchy old instructor that really didn't think much of me at all, you know, kind of, oh, rolling his eyes about this Amelia Earhart girl who wanted to someday <laughs> fly around the world. But Something happens in flight where when you leave the ground, you just got inches off that runway and you can really feel the buoyancy of the plane, right? And suddenly it doesn't feel like rolling. It feels more like floating and you're gliding through the air. And as that separation grew, I just became so amazed by the perspective from being up in the air over one of the most beautiful cities in the world at about 3,000 feet. It made the, the problems on the ground feel so much smaller, right? Every time I would go back and I could save up enough for a lesson to keep learning how to fly, I would think, gosh, I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried up there. I'm just so focused on what I absolutely have to do because I am very responsible right now for not only this plane, but myself, my instructor. And it just elevated instantly what I felt I was capable of. And then the second I started sharing with my friends and you know new people that I was learning how to fly, I just got so much positive feedback mm. and that positive feedback led me to eventually go, what if I could fly all the way around the world? Why oh my not? Gosh. Well, I imagine during those flight lessons that first of all, there aren't that many female pilots out there. You, no. you only heard a lot of male voices in your headset as you were doing all those lessons, right? I can't yes. imagine that that happens, but that's still the case. Okay. So you get your pilot's license and that actually leads you to get a job in TV. You are mm -hmm. also a former TV reporter, as am I, although I did not fly around in helicopters. <laughs> we both know about those 2.30 a.m. wake-up calls, don't we? Oh, my gosh. Well, Liz, I love the fact that we have this in common. And I, how much fun would it be if I was up in Sky 9 and you were at the anchor desk and we were covering breaking news? I can already tell we'd be so good at it. But that TV career, you know, I'm so grateful. I just wrapped it up after 15 years of starting out on News Radio 850 KOA, which was this big 50,000 watt AM talk radio station in Denver. And they had a helicopter. They shared it with the NBC affiliate, KUSA TV and 9 News. As the TV reporter left her position, I pitched, hey, maybe I can do both. Maybe I can be a TV and radio reporter. No one had ever done that before. And I convinced both news directors from the TV and radio side to go for it. I'll save you money. We're saving weight in the helicopter because you're using less fuel. And so <laughs> I have this brain that has always worked in this strange way of just saying, let's figure it out. Let's make it happen and, and get other people enthusiastic about whatever the idea may be. And that led to me being a traffic reporter in Denver and Los Angeles in the helicopter in both cities. After that, once I got grounded, when the helicopter um, budget, you know, was reduced, as many TV stations all over the country are, are experiencing, I was moved into the newsroom and was there on the anchor desk uh, reporting on traffic and breaking news. Wow. L.A. car chases, wildfires, celebrity sightings, oh, right? <laughs> celebrity sightings. I located Charlie Sheen's some sort of sports car that he drove off the side of a mountain. And we were all up there in the dark searching in our various helicopters at three o'clock in the morning. 
and I located it with the spotlight and they took it to the national news. You know, I really didn't have much interest in covering that celebrity stuff, but it sure was exciting in the moment. Indeed. (laughs) Okay. So you decide through all of this that yes, in fact, you're going to recreate Amelia Earhart's journey to fly around the world. And you spend two years meticulously planning your trip, actually plotting all that could go wrong. Yes. Tell me about that process. Well, and I need to set the scene where I'm physically at as we record right now, Liz, because I am sitting next to my survival raft, my documents and financial records from my flight around the world, you know, all these important memories and awards that I've been given through the years from this trip. As I look at these items, I am just so, sometimes I forget that the flight actually happened or I think, how is it possible? Because much like television, Aviation is filled with rules. There are so many rules to follow and it's very transparent, I'll say. And so I needed to make sure that as I planned what could become a true flight around the world, that I took into consideration the fact that I was borrowing a four and a half million dollar airplane from a Swiss aircraft manufacturer. (laughs) And if I did anything wrong while flying for eight hours straight over the South Pacific Ocean, (laughs) not only was I endangering myself, I would embarrass my sponsors. I could create a huge loss. I could embarrass them. So over the two years that I began planning, I basically created a wild business plan and I pitched aviation companies that I knew were supportive of women in aviation and excited about new technology. I knew that somehow I was connected to Amelia and I had her name and I thought, I don't want to fly around the world in the same plane she did, the Lockheed Electra, because that's today not safe, right? I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a daredevil. I'm an intelligent pilot, and I think I want to use everything at my fingertips to keep me safe. So I took a state-of-the-art airplane because, I know you'll love this, back in 1937, right before Amelia launched on her flight around the world, one of her most famous quotes is that her ambition was that the gift that she had of aviation would make it possible for women of tomorrow to fly tomorrow's planes. Mm. And that was like a permission slip from Amelia saying, you don't need to do it just like I did. Use every bit of technology and do it safely. And I'll be honest, I got a lot of criticism from grumpy old men in aviation who thought that it wasn't uh, difficult enough for me to fly the Pilatus and that it was only valuable if I did it in Amelia's plane. Wow. (laughs) No, I I love that you managed to get that plane from Switzerland and you flew it back from Switzerland too. And you also got 28 sponsors. So now you've got everything all lined up. And let's go back just a little bit, because in college, you had spent $500 to do a genealogy report. You had gotten this DNA test, and you were given information that, yes, it suggested that, in fact, you were related to Amelia Mary Earhart. But they couldn't pinpoint it, and they wanted a whole lot more money. And you just said, not go in there, right? Right, because in my family, there are a bunch of creative artists. They sort of do their own thing. We certainly never had any extra money lying around. So there wasn't like a tie to some crazy lineage. It was more so, hey, we've always been told we have the same last name too. So why would you question it? It was also 1983 before genealogy.com, ancestry.com. When I came to my parents and said, hey, can you guys help me invest in doing the genealogy report? They were kind of like, you know, if you need to do it, that's one thing, but Mm. we can't invest in it right now. And now in hindsight, I think there may have been you know, some doubt there. And I understand that they took a big risk. And this is part of the turbulence that came along with that risk. And so now I'm making the most of it, but I get the report back and it really propelled me forward in terms of fundraising and saying, this is why I want to do this. I had a common connection to Amelia. I couldn't exactly pinpoint, 
But when I took it to my sponsors, it wasn't the lead. It was more so I am a young woman in aviation who has paid her way through, who has worked her butt off to get to the point where I can legally fly your plane. Here's a business plan, a marketing plan, a social media plan, videos, you know, logos, all of this. Here's my vision. And I got them excited one at a time. And they were international companies. I was flying between my TV news job, okay, that 2.30 a.m. wake up. <laughs> I would work until early afternoon. And then I would hop a flight and go to D.C. Or I would go to Montreal. Or I'd go to Switzerland for three days. Three days. Do some work on the plane and some training. And then fly it back across the North Atlantic. Wow. Like, sometimes I look back and I don't even know who this person was. Like, how did I'm I do that, right? How did I, I do all of that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so shortly before you're about to mount this round-the-world adventure, there's a whole lot of publicity, and suddenly it's revealed in a rather public way that, no, you were not related to that famous pilot. What was your first emotion that you felt when you heard this news? Liz, I felt, it felt like more than a punch in the gut. It was almost like a breakup feel, you know, that that gut-wrenching ache. It's like your heart, it's your stomach, it's your mind. And I'm going, what is happening? Because as I opened up my Twitter account, I was being called a fraud and a fake and a liar. Mm. And how dare you use the Amelia Earhart name to get all this money raised for your flight around the world? And I'm going, oh my gosh, what's Mm. happening right now? I had to go into my TV station because my news director called immediately and said, hey, we got to figure this out because you you embarrassed us. Mm. And here's the other TV connection. Well, the way that that day began was I was in New York and I was on the Today Show. And I was sitting there with Natalie Morales and Carson Daly and Al Roker, and they were interviewing me about the upcoming flight. And they asked me, so how are you related to Amelia? And I said, well, we share a distant common ancestry, traced back to the 1700s, but we don't know the exact pinpoint connection. And that was what the genealogist that we just discussed about, you know, saving up for. That's what she had shared. Well, when I got off the airplane back in Denver, I had flown, you know, on a United flight back to Denver. And and as soon as I got off the plane, my phone was blowing up. Mm. I'm being told, you need to get down to the TV station immediately. Basically, one of my co-anchors had done his own research and almost sort of like an investigative journalist way, just sort of went rogue on air and said, turns out Amelia is not related at all to the original Amelia Earhart. And he just ended the show that way. And I was left (sighs) to clean up this huge catastrophe that had, I mean, I raised the equivalent of $2 million and had, I drilled a hole through a $4.5 million fuel tank And my coworker who sat just one desk away from me could have very easily walked over to me and said, hey, you might want to look more into your name before you go, you know, run in your mouth about being somehow distantly related to Amelia. It still brings emotions up now when we haven't spoken since that day. But wow. And Liz, it turns out he was right. My news director has basically instructed me to immediately hire a professional genealogist and figure it out. So I called up the folks who have the physical records out in Salt Lake City, and I had this wonderful gentleman who wanted so badly to find a connection for me, but he called me a couple weeks later and he said, Amelia, I'm so sorry. He said, the person who did your first genealogical report, she got a few things right, but she probably wanted to upsell you on the international research and it's just not there. And he said, I'm so sorry. Mm. But he did tell me all sorts of now really beautiful and unique things about my family (laughs) that I never knew because of it. but. In the moment, boy, I had a lot on the line. You did, but you did it anyway. You pushed through and you went and did that flight. What pushed you to continue at that point after that huge embarrassment? 
It was like one of the early days of being canceled. You know, that feeling of you'll never, you'll never work in this town again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not only this town, but the world, right? Because the whole internet was involved. The Today Show ran a poll the very next day and said, hey, remember that girl we had on, (laughs) Amelia Earhart? Turns out she's not related. Do you believe that she really didn't know or do you think she's a fraud? They ran a poll. It was like an out-of-body experience. I can't even imagine, Amelia. I can't even imagine that. Well, one of my soul sisters apparently is Natalie Morales because she looked right at the camera and she goes, no, Amelia, that girl was great. Just she's just doing it because she wants to fly. I had built a scholarship fund and put girls through flight school and been working on this for so long. It really, truly was from the Mm. heart. And I think her positive note helped with that. I bet it did. I think I took maybe one day off from work, but I I still had to come back and be on air while all this was happening. And I would walk off the green screen between my traffic reports and just burst into tears because of the things people were saying to me online between the commercial breaks. So Mm. I eventually called one of my mentors who said to me, look, you have worked as hard as any pilot and possibly harder to figure (laughs) this out. The FAA doesn't just give you a pilot's license just because your family named you Amelia Earhart. Right. I figured out through a great conversation with him that it was more important that I relate to Amelia than be related to Amelia. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything changed. All my sponsors stayed on board. Not one pulled out because they knew my character. They knew that I was trying to create this state-of-the-art flight with this cool social media plan and lesson plans for kids in classrooms. I mean, it's hard to see it any other way than that because I did it day to day. You know, it, it was a piece by piece, huge, massive project. And when it finally launched, I got to release all the anger about how I was sort of outed on air, but eventually it gave me the freedom to say, yeah, I'm not related to Amelia, but you know what? We have more in common than most people that you're probably related to by blood, right? Because we both learned to fly and we both did really daring things in our own way, made sure we left our mark on this world as Amelia Earhart. I mean, I just think someday who's going to have that name next? Like they've got all sorts of cool stories tied to it. So I like (laughs) contributing to it. Well, no one has ever flown around the world in the single engine Pilatus PC-12NG until you did. (laughs) And you crossed the equator six times. You went through 14 countries circumventing the globe. What memory stands out for you most today about that adventure? I do want to give major credit to my co-pilot on that journey. Okay, that's another big criticism I get, believe it or not, is, oh, you didn't go by yourself. (laughs) Well, an intelligent person would not go by themselves. <laughs> right. I mean, two brains are better than one. And I'm, I think there is a certain mentality of people who want to do things solo. Go for it. Do your thing. But for me, I was comfortable working with a team. Plus, my insurance company said, no, no, you, someone's <laughs> got to go in the back and deal with the fuel tank. Someone's got to stay up front. We want this to be a successful trip to show people that aviation is inviting, right? We need more women in aviation. We're going to have a massive pilot shortage coming up. All that to say... Meeting my co-pilot, Shane Jordan, was such a highlight because we had never flown together before the trip. There were only three people on planet Earth that qualified with the number of hours and requirements to be my co-pilot from my insurance team. So the first two pilots had said no. And I called Shane out of the blue and I said, my name's Amelia Earhart. Would you like to fly around the world with me? (laughs) Talk about an opening line. (laughs) Talk about an opening line. And we just bonded. Liz, we were the same. We were like the male and female version of each other, almost like a sibling feeling in a lot of ways, a lot of trust immediately. And he said, Amelia, 
I am not here to take over this flight. If anything goes wrong, I am a backup and I'm here for you. So let's Mm. fly around the world. I love it. Going solo would have been one thing, but you know that feeling of looking over at a friend when you're on a road trip and the sunset is just blazing and you just can't believe it's really real. I got to do that at 27,000 feet in the cockpit of this airplane with this stranger who loved flying as much as I did. And we just kept going and we laughed and told stories and listened to music. I just, I don't know, we all need a co-pilot in life, mm-hmm. right? And I think he's, he's one of many of the co-pilots for me that have made the biggest difference because he really let me shine. In all my pictures, you see the press pics. I'm up doing an interview with like Lester Holt and Shane's just smiling in the background, just kind of nodding his head. It's neat to have such a positive male figure. He is the opposite of toxic masculinity. He supports women through and through. What did you learn most about yourself on that flight? Oh boy, I can do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I keep a lot of the artifacts from my flight, the survival gear, the maps, the charts, the compasses. I keep these items around my house because physical reminders that I did the flight make it much easier for me to just respond to the email or just return the internet equipment as you move across the country, right? All these, Hmm. (laughs) these little things that seem so hard, especially in COVID, right? We can get so complacent. We can get so locked into a rut because the world isn't operating at full speed. But when I look back at those items, I think not only can you do this, you can do it really well. Hmm. I feel the momentum building in my speaking career and I can't wait to see where it goes because gosh, sky's the limit there. Well, and that's really what you're into right now, because in 2020, you did leave the TV business to focus on your speaking career. What's the one main message that you want to share with the world? The main message is all about learning to love life's turbulence. Clouds and storms and winds, headwinds, tailwinds, they are all a real part of going up into the sky. It's not a positive or a negative. A cloud and a storm is just a part of entering into flight. And so what I love to share is that the only plane that never experiences turbulence is the one that stays locked up in a hangar. And that's not what planes were built to do, right? All this engineering, this incredible feat, it was built so that we could take flight and we could travel and expand our lives and see the world. And I feel the same way about people. We were built to stretch far beyond the limits that we've set for ourselves. I push things, I move quickly, I make fast decisions and I do them in a way that feels like I'm up in the cockpit. I can't wait to feel things out too long or else I can end up inside of a storm. You need to be very aware of your surroundings and take action and move in the right direction and always course correct too because my path from from far away is 14 straight lines from country to country, Oakland to Denver to Miami, Trinidad and Tobago, Natal, Brazil, Dakar, Senegal, Sao Tome, Tanzania, at the base of Kilimanjaro. I fueled up in the Seychelles. I stayed 24 hours in the Maldives where we relaxed and rested and really coordinated the second half of the trip. We went to Singapore, to Darwin, Australia, to Papua New Guinea, which was a wild, incredible adventure, and then island hopped through the South Pacific, overflying Howland Island where Amelia Earhart disappeared. And that's the area where we gave out close to $100,000 in flight training scholarships to girls ages 16 to 18 all across the U.S. as we circled over the area where Amelia wanted to land. And then I landed in Hawaii and then became the very first PC-12 pilot to fly from Hawaii to Oakland because that's the longest stretch of ocean on the entire planet that an airplane can overfly. 
And because of the fuel tank that we had designed and helped to build and install in this airplane, I was able to fly it all the way across, which was a pretty wow. neat feat. The message, it's all about just pick the most wild and audacious thing in your mind and just take one step towards it because it's way more fun this way. You mentioned the scholarships, which I believe is part of the organization of which you're president, Fly with Amelia Earhart Foundation. Yes. And Amelia's family, the Amelia Mary's family, has actually supported you in this effort as well. What has been their reaction through all of this? Your timing is just so perfect with this question because just a few days ago, I was sitting on the front porch of Amelia Earhart's home in Atchison, Kansas. And that's because as I move out of Colorado and sell my home there, I'm also closing down the Fly with Amelia Foundation and with the remaining scholarship funds, which is right around $50,000, I'm about to donate it back to the Amelia Earhart Foundation, which gave me the very first $10,000 10 years ago mm-hmm. to put into the foundation. So we're bringing it back times five and it's all about educational opportunities and aviation careers for women and boys. It's for everybody. I think they're going to put it to really good use because it's a big established program and they bring in speakers from all over the world. So Fly with Amelia on its 10 year anniversary is going to come to a close in such a beautiful way. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. Oh, thank you for asking. With all that you've been through, how have the lessons you've learned along the way contributed to you living your best life today? It's about living big and not in a big way that has to be flashy or, you know, it doesn't have to be all over social media or even be a newsworthy story like with the flight around the world. When you become obsessed with something that you just are sparked by, becoming an expert on parts of the fuel tank and, you know, every aspect of that aircraft engine and going up to Montreal to learn about the production of this beautiful turbine engine that they put on this airplane and seeing it up close and personal, right? Becoming such an expert that other people look at you and they see that joy and they go, gosh, I want to be as into something as she is. It's a real positive outlook and I know it. And some people might find it to be too much. I've been accused of being toxically positive and I thought, no, 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 that's not a thing. (laughs) There's not a thing. That's not a thing. It could be a thing if it wasn't genuine, but I mean, I hope you can feel it. This is it. Life is about just getting up and, you know, doing it your way in a way that just sparks your passion. Mm. Folks, if you'd like to learn more about Amelia and maybe even have her speak, you can just go to eaglestalent.com. So be sure to check that out so that you can get in touch with Amelia. Amelia, it's really been an honor to meet you today. And you are living proof of being uncompromising and finding the courage within to be creative. Thank you so much for joining me today. Liz, it was such a pleasure. So blue skies, best of luck with everything. Thank you. And I love sharing the stories of amazing guests like Amelia. May they inspire you to live out your dreams and your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.